Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is episode 29. I'm here with my very good friend, Bridget Baker from Minimalist Mojo. Hi, Bridget. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Excited to chat with you. Oh, happy new year. Today, Bridget and I are going to talk about a really common, you know, uh, I'm going to say it's a common topic for the new year. We're recording. It's uh, winding down. January is winding down. It seems like we will, in fact, make it through January. It was a little touch and go there for a bit. <laughs> we will endure. Yes. <laughs> but um, here we are at the end of January, and Bridget and I are going to talk about aspirational clutter. And I think that one of the reasons I thought it would be good for us to talk about this is if you've had a chance to hear, Bridget's been on the show before, we've talked about minimalism in general. And that's episode 13. If you want to hear more of Bridget's brilliance, either you want to pause and get that episode or you want to listen through this and then have more of Bridget's amazing wisdom, um, you can go back to episode 13. But Bridget, for anyone who's new to the episode today, can you just give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are and, uh, and why you're so excited to talk about clutter today? <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about clutter. Yes, thank you. I was thinking, I was wondering, I was like, what did my episode 13 self say? I can't really totally, <laughs> totally remember. Like, who's that person? Um, but uh, yeah, so here we are now. Um, I My website's BridgetBakerMojo.com. I've kind of moved everything to one website, everything I do, which has been a whole nother level of minimalism. Um, but I am, I, I do brand design. So it's personal brand design and it's uh, business brand design. So basically simplifying your life, simplifying your business, I do both. Um, so for me, I used to be a professional organizer. Um, I've helped people declutter for years. I was decluttering as a child. It's just like a passion of mine. Yes, maybe leaning toward the obsession end of it of the spectrum. Sometimes I have to, I'm an over declutterer. I'm one of those people. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I've learned balance and I've learned really what um, that it's not just about decluttering. It's about what's behind it and the meaning behind it. And the why is the most important thing. Um, and so that's what I like to talk about. And I like to support people in doing. And the people listening won't be able to hear this, but looking at your background, you are living in, you're recording from a room with a bed and there's a shelf to your, to your, well, it's my left and the room is brightly lit by two windows and there's a plant and everything looks very, you know, inviting and calm. Um, and also I don't know a lot about feng shui, but I feel like there's a very intentional choice about where the bed is. Like the feng shui of the space is really, um, setting the tone for this episode, even though people aren't going to see that. I felt like it was, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to describe your personal space. (laughs) I appreciate that because I've had People, you know, ask if it's a fake background. I've had those kinds of things and I'm like, no, it's, it's intentionally curated because I, you know, I'm here right now. I'm currently living with my mother because I'm helping take care of her. Um, but it's a sort of curated this room to be a bedroom and a zoom room. So 
Amazing. Amazing. I, however, am in my son's room. I am in my son's room. It is purposefully blurred because it is surrounded by sports and Pokemon paraphernalia. So I love, so mine is not curated at all, but you've, you've curated a child, which I have not. (laughs) Well, I don't know if one can curate a child, but, but that's probably another episode, right? I think for today, we're going to talk about aspirational clutter. And I think I, I thought I kind of got it like the gist from the general vibe, but I think as the, as our expert on the show, Bridget, can you define for the purpose of this conversation, aspirational clutter? Yeah. So aspirational clutter is things that you buy for your future self, thinking Mm -hmm. it's going to be some better version of yourself. And that it's something that, you know, 10 years down the road, you never have gotten to that's collecting dust type of thing. So the, you know, especially in the new year, it's that whole new year, new you Mm. thing I loathe. Um, You know, people suddenly are like, I'm going to buy all the exercise equipment and they buy all the stuff. And then they realize it just becomes a coat rack for their, you know, half used clothes or whatever the, the Peloton in the corner becomes <laughs> this great idea. And then they actually don't have fine. They don't can't figure out how to find the time to do it. So it's like some version of their best self. That's some improved version. So I think that's a, a key piece. It can be, to me, it can be physical items like that, mm-hmm. or it can be ideas. It can be, um, you know, when I'm in this place, then I'll be happy. So it can mm. also like clutter your brain of, well, when I've written my book, then I'm going to be famous and then I'll be a good person or something. Then I'll know I've made it or mm-hmm. versus, you know, accepting what, how things are now. And then can I ask a point of clarification, which is about time. Mm-hmm. So when does the purchase become clutter and, or is there an opportunity before the purchase to maybe, And maybe we'll get there as we make our way through the episode. But what you're talking about is the look back is the, why did I buy this? How long have I had it? And how has it served my aspirations? Yes. And I think there's, um, I'm reading Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart right now. Oh, I have it. I got it for Christmas. We'll talk about how books can become aspirational clutter too, but, but no, it's, it, she talks a lot about shame. That's a very Brene Brown shame Mm. research uh, moment. And I think this aspirational clutter has some level of shame. Like here's a thing that I should do because I'm being sold it or whatever. This, this is the version of being the best version of yourself. And so I buy the thing thinking I'm going to be that version. And then all I feel is shame when I look at the exercise bike, I haven't gotten or the yoga mat that's collecting dust or whatever. I don't feel it's not a, it's not like, doesn't, it doesn't foster up a good feeling makes you feel like I should be doing this thing. I should be using this app that I bought that I spent 20 bucks to learn. I bought, so my aspirations, one version of aspirational clutter that I have is I have my iPad mini. I got the pencil. I don't like to draw or write uh, with my hands. I like to type because I don't like my handwriting. Right. So it was like, cool, I'm going to learn how to draw. And I bought a program to learn how to draw. That was a year and a half ago. I have not used this program more than a couple times. And so I'm sitting there looking at this Apple pencil in my little Apple holder, whatever for the, the iPad going, it just makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like, why haven't I done this yet? You know, I know I'd be this great illustrator by now, a year later, like if I had only done started this program, like what had, what had you buy it and then not do it. I think that's the other disconnect, but the buying does not 
elicit the actual end result. You have to actually take action and make it a habit. And that's not easy. You know, it's not, it's yeah. not easy to do to change a habit or make a habit. So we think somehow if we buy the thing, we'll have stepped into this new place. Oh, I'll be suddenly 50 pounds lighter and strong and be able to run a marathon because I've got my fancy new shoes or whatever. And no, it doesn't, doesn't do that. There's this like whole other window of time where you actually have to put in the work. And so what happens is we buy the thing, but we don't put in the work and then we just feel bad about it. That's, that's the, that's where it clutters, I think. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about those two phases, buying the thing and using the thing. Yeah. And then I guess the last phase is releasing, releasing two things, both the item itself and the aspiration attached to that item. So let's start, I guess, at the beginning of that timeline and think about buying the thing. Mm -hmm. If we were going to put a little bit of medium effort into our shopping practices, where would we find insight in our reflections on the buying of the thing? And maybe I can use, you know, my own, I'll, I'll try to think of a really, you know, salient example, but I think that books are probably a really good example for me. Mm-hmm. I own a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't call my books clutter, but they might be aspirational clutter. Mm-hmm. So I buy a lot of books and usually I buy books because of the uh, allure of the knowledge that they hold. Yes. And that when I consume that knowledge, I will be able to put that knowledge to use. And that knowledge, the practicality and the utility of that knowledge will in some ways make my life better. So when I'm buying the book and I'm aspiring to be a person who uses the knowledge within the book, what are the ways that maybe we can talk through or you're buying the app or you're buying the pen and what are the ways that we can look back on those purchases and sort of unpack them a little bit so that we can have some good knowledge moving forward about our shopping habits when it comes to aspirations? So I think you know, books, books are maybe a good example to use um, because you follow people on Instagram, you love them on Instagram. And then you get to a point where like, oh, they're giving me so much value. Of course, I want to support them financially. Oh, what's one of the ways I can do that? I can buy their book. Like I can feel like absolved that I'm just not just like taking in their free content, right? That I'm actually like contributing to them because I appreciate them. And so sometimes there's even that. It's not like you're actually maybe even going to read the book. You just want to support the person that you get such great Instagram mm from. So sometimes that's even the the gist and then that's kind of okay. And you have to admit like, cool, I might want to pass this book on because it's been three months and I don't know when I'm going to get to this book for whatever reason. The, you know, the other thing is like acknowledging, okay, how many books do I already have? Am I reading those books? Like, why would I be adding more books to the pile if I've already got, let's say five books that I haven't read yet. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit with those five books, again, were those just some sort of like idea of a book that I thought I should read that right now, pandemic, hello, feels too heavy to read, or (laughs) I can't process, or I'm already doing so much other work or going through a personal time or whatever, like this might not be the time for that book. And so I have to kind of assess, am I actually going to read this or should this be passed on to someone? Um, There's all these little free libraries around this neighborhood, which I love um, just seeing people with their, you know, they've read a book and they've passed it on. And I, I love that concept. You know, I think an intentional way you can do this also is like, I have in my iBooks, for example, I've got like, you know, save to read later, like on the, on the want list, but I'll only have like a couple books that I've purchased that I know I'm going to be reading. And I can't mm-hmm. move on in the list until I've 
read those or even I'll, I'll read a book and I'll quit the book if I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fully willing to do that. Um, I've given the permission slip to do that to myself, <laughs> but you know, I have to like, at least trust, start reading the book and then cool. When I'm done, then I can go get a new book rather than, Oh, I'm going to buy all these books. So I'll have them to read later. You know, I think that's a, a tricky thing that we get into. So having some kind of system where it's sitting on the desire to buy the thing. So it's yeah. Putting- list for yourself. It's putting it in a saved queue. Like I know even you mentioned you do the library, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're not buying it. You know, just, just that kind of thing, setting up some intentional practice in the beginning, that's uh, between the desire of wanting it and the actually acquiring it. What happens is, you know, we get this Instagram feed right now, all I'm getting, I, I was looking for more reading glasses. Cause I love having a plethora of reading glasses. I was looking through there and I started getting all these ads for reading glasses. Oh, yeah. And it just starts making you go, oh my God, oh my gosh, I have to have all these. And I'm like, do I, no, I just need like one other pair. What am I, I I don't need like 20 reading glasses. Like, but you get fed these things and you think you have to buy them and you think you have to buy them now because you keep getting nudged about them. Mm -hmm. So you have to come up with some strategy between, okay, is that a good idea for me? Or do I really need to look at that some more and decide, does that really fit in my life? Is that Mm -hmm. really just a good idea that I'm like, wow, I'll be a better person or let me sit with that for a week and see if I'd really actually use that thing because like kitchen utensil, it's a big thing. You know, people want to buy one-time kitchen use items, right? We had a, a zoodler, which is called a zoodler. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, we had one of those and it was like, it was a hand one. It was very, it was like, let's start with the the smallest version of this we can start with. So we buy this like $10 one that you turn, crank with your hands and, and it was really hard to use. And, and then we're like, we don't even like zoodles. What, like what? Cause I was like, we have to get the big one. That's the one that's easier to use. And I was literally just about to purchase it. And we had to go, wait a minute. Do we actually enjoy eating zoodles? The answer was no. Why put in the work? Don't do it. So yeah. yeah. You have to think of these things, I think, beforehand. Like We talked a little bit about that in episode 13, which is that a lot of the reasons that people aspire to things is because sometimes we are not really well grounded in who we are and what we want. And there's a lot of reasons I think that we might not be plugged into that. I think that when I think about books, for example, and the knowledge that the book might give me and the way in which my life will be elevated or I'll be more of my ideal self when I'm putting the knowledge of that book to use, you know, and actually I do think that above all books, the, the self, the personal development book category are ones that I'm most likely to spend money on over on, like, it's very rare that I would ever buy a novel. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I'm trying to think about like, what is the aspirational self that I, or what is the ideal self that I'm working from? Like, what is that template that I'm working from when I make the choice to buy that book, mm-hmm. but the book sits and gathers dust or doesn't, doesn't, I'm, I don't ever consume the book. Um, and I, I'm maybe I'm just kind of trying to maybe put a bit of language around that. I think is that oftentimes if I think about it, it's because I admire the author mm-hmm. and perhaps what I aspire to be like Brene Brown's a great example, actually. Yeah is I own a ton of Brene Brown books. I've read half of them. The other half of them I haven't read. She has a new book. I I got that for Christmas. If she had another book that came out in February, I'd buy it too. (laughs) But but if actually, and I'm only realizing this as I talk through this now is 
the reason I buy Brene Brown books is because I admire Brene. I aspire to be more like her Mm. in terms of the ways that I acknowledge shame and guilt in myself, the way that I acknowledge that in others, the way that I manifest trust in work, in my work, the ways that I'm able to set boundaries in my relationships and with myself and my own behaviors. And so I aspire to that. I also think Brene is a tremendous public speaker. I admire her for that ability. I think she has a great sense of humor and her ability to share her own personal stories. I admire a lot. She has a podcast. I have a, like, do I want to be Brene? Is that really like, you know, and oh my God, of course I do. Like now, thank you for this therapy session, Bridget, because it's like the reason I'm buying the book is to a spot because I aspire to be like Brene Brown. Do I have to buy her book to be her? No. And if I buy her book, will I become her? <laughs> no. Well, interesting. Or will it even make, I sometimes I'll buy a book and I'm like, why the heck don't I have a book? Like I'm reading this book going, this person doesn't even know as much as I, whatever. <laughs> it's so funny how sometimes it will hit. Like, it's like, what's wrong with me that I haven't written my book yet. It's, sure. it's a dependent. So sure. the, the yeah. I just, like being in this space of self-development that you and I are both in, like, and that's the kind of content we like to read. And that's, you know, our, what we geek out on, on in life. Right. So we're going to buy all the self-development books we can, but I had someone tell me at one point in my life, you sure read a lot of books, but do you really like, do you really absorb all of it? <laughs> do you really like, but you're not, you're not any happier or something like that. Like, I think it's like, I read enough books. It's going to be like, I'm going to have a PhD in life and I'm just going to be this perfect person that's never upset. And, you know, and, and the great thing about someone like Brene Brown, even as I'm reading her book and she's talking about the kind of fights that she and her husband have gotten in and things like that. Like she's, she's real. She mm-hmm. cries and has a hard time and fights and whatever. And I think that's why she's a good, a good person to look at. Cause in a way she's make, she's basically having you be aspire to be yourself. You know, I think that's the tricky thing about some of the self-help books is like, well, if you do these 10 things, you'll be a perfect person like I am. So Mm -hmm. there's sort of this guru place of, well, that's why you're suffering is because this, this, and this, and this, and this, you know? Um, And I don't ascribe to that philosophy. That's like, here's the, here's the, the ways you're supposed to, even when it comes to organizing and things, I don't believe that there's one way to do it. I think we're all so unique that what works for me is definitely not going to work for someone else. Um, and so I don't say, well, just do it this way. Cause that's how I do it. And it works for me. It doesn't. So what, that's what works for me. And I think it's like, you're saying it's being really true to yourself, knowing yourself first, before you make these purchases and these choices and going, is that some version that I think will impress people? Or is that really me? You know, why I wouldn't buy a Peloton because I don't even, I don't like to ride a bike. Like, why would I, you know what I mean? It's this. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. And so, you know, I think it just, it just gets into those things, but but I'll be the most fit. If I do this, if I do this thing, that's probably not going to be a thing I really enjoy. No, like you're setting yourself up to fail and beat yourself up. Right. So it's thinking like what, you know, knowing yourself, really spending the time to know yourself and going, is this, am I really going to use this thing? Or am I just being fed this thing in my Instagram feed and thinking I should buy it, that it's going to completely change my life. I had two thoughts while you were talking, the one of which is the know yourself piece. And I have found for myself, the most useful thing to get to know myself is to delay the purchase as long as possible is to, and I have an episode on a monthly wish list, and what I do not with rigidity and I'm not a perfect like disciple of this practice, but 
what I notice when I am when I am really trying to to hone in on the purchases that don't get lost in the shuffle is to put an item on the monthly wish list and then to review it for mm. a time limited period for purchase. And it either stays on the list and doesn't get purchased or it gets purchased and then the list rolls into the next month. So I would open up my list for purchase at the beginning of the month and leave it open for a week, let's say, close it at the week and then guarantee you that next day I will find something that looks like a great purchase and I will try to, and and usually pretty successfully, put it on the list. Now, what's surprising is When I look at that list at the beginning of the month, the things that I either have completely forgotten about, the things that I don't feel desire or appeal towards, or the things that I think, oh yeah, that's cute, but not right now. And I pass on them Yeah. versus the things in the fourth category that I actually spend money on is quite small. When I really adhere to this secular Mm -hmm. practice, and there are a lot of things that fall outside of that category that like get me at my weakness or whatever it is. So that's one way to get to know yourself is to just delay the purchase and then check in with the the things in those four categories, the things you forgot about, the things you don't want anymore, the things you might want later and the things you actually want. And in those four categories, you will learn things about yourself over time, over repetition is to say, oh, you know what? I always actually buy the nail polish that's on that list. That's because why the nail polish makes me really happy. And when I acquire it, I used it and I really enjoyed the manicure that I got out of it. And now it's part of a collection that I enjoy. I also enjoy the collection and there are things that I get out of that Mm -hmm. because if you delay it, what it means is you don't have to acquire it to, um, to experience the temporary high of the thing. The other thing is, is imagine those things in those four categories are the things that you forgot about, the things you don't want anymore, and the things that you might want later. Imagine you bought everything in that category. There would be things in your home now, real things that you've forgotten about, that you don't want anymore, and that you're not going to use until later, or you're not going to, you don't have use for. And so then I guess those three things in the, in the three of four categories on the wish list are now clutter. They are. And there's another aspect that I was reading about. I think I read, I think this was on the break the Twitch um, website. I don't know if you're, oh, I don't know that website. So break the Twitch is they have this amazing community. Um, I've been a part of the community. Um, uh, Anthony Angaro, who's um, and his wife, Amy are, have created this uh, community around basically like in, not intentional living, but like uh, focusing on your attention. So things that take away from your intention, there's a lot of ADHD talk in the community. Mm. Um, so it's staying focused. So minimalism is sort of one way to also keep focused in your life. Right. And so one of them was about basically like, if you've got this aspirational clutter, it's sort of like a version of your future self. That's in the way from it's in the way of you being happy in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, again, like you look at it and you feel a guilt or a shame or, a, you know, or you, you purchase a course like that's to me, digital clutter is even harder to deal with than physical because you have a physical thing in your space. You can see it or you can know you keep shoving it in the back of the closet. And it keeps getting in your way. If you've got like bought these courses online with these logins that who knows where they are, who knows where they live anymore. Oh yeah. I spent money on this thing that was going to totally change my relationship to food. And where did it go? Like, you know, or whatever, or change my relationship to my relationship. (laughs) I don't know. You know, we buy, we buy these courses like that'll fix me. Right. 
And I think that's the key is to know the difference. Like, is this really right for me right now? Am I really going to do this? I don't, you know, I sell courses. I don't want people to buy them and then right, end right, up right. This, right. do nothing with them. I want them to be consumed, you know, and used and, and gone, oh, wow, that was cool. Or that wasn't for me or wow, I feel amazing. Whatever the result is, you know, I don't have the expectation around what their result is going to be, but I think it's just um, noticing, like, am I just buying this thing thinking it's going to make me better, but I don't actually have the time, distance and space in my life to use it. Right. It's like, you have to, you have to carve that habit in almost before you buy the thing. So like, for me, I just bought some new eight pound weights. Why? Versus like, oh, those will be sitting in my closet. Cause I started doing weights again, uh, this weighted workout and the five pounds were too light. And I was like, okay, is it time? Is it time? Let me see if I'm going to keep consistently doing these mm-hmm. workouts. And I proved to myself that I was, and that I like it. And this is what works for me. So I'm going to buy the heavier weights now, you know, and I, like I, it gave me permission to then go, cool. You're doing this enough to warrant you buying the thing mm-hmm. that you need to do the next mm-hmm. step of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if I had just gone and bought the weights before I started the workout and then two days in gone, Oh, I hate this workout. Like, why am I going to do this? Then those weights would just become clutter, you know? And then I'd have to decide what to do with them. So I think it's like starting with the smallest, starting with the easiest first. Mm-hmm. Is there a way I can consume a sample of this content? Is there a way I can mm. see, try this on or something before I go and make some big purchase? You know, can, can I let something sit? Um, do I really need to go buy a new phone? I mean, I just got a new phone accidentally because we got my husband a new one. They had a two for two for, but I'm not, I'm definitely of the mind. Like you don't have to upgrade every time something new comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you have to sit with it and think, do I really need the new thing? Well, yes, my laptop's slowing down or whatever. Something's physically happening. It can't update anymore. Yes. This is something that's time to go do now. So I think like, I love what you're saying that you you have that wish list idea and you, you sit with it and you, you think about it. And you know yourself and you know how you'll, how you'll use the thing, you know, you'll know, oh, wow, this is really cool, but just not practical for me. There's, I mean, there's types of aspirational clutter, even where people buy, they'll go to a sale and they'll buy something that's like, oh my God, I love that dress. It's amazing. Like, I don't know where I'm going to wear it, but I'm going to have like the perfect dinner date to wear that on or something. And they don't even have a thing to wear it to and they buy it. Well, and, and that's an interesting way that we personalize our, our items is the dress itself will manifest the date is if I have the dress, the dress itself will create in me an ability to have the date verse. And the weights are the same thing. If I, if I have have the weights, I'll be strong. Right. And there's often like a little bit of a, the medium effort of it all is that yeah, you are going to be strong when you have the weights, if you use the weights. And so what's the plan to use the weights? And is that realistic? Is that achievable for you? Is that really what you want? You want to own the weights. You want to be stronger, but do you want to lift weights every day for six months? Because if the answer is no, that's great because that's information you didn't have before, which also means you don't need the weights. Right. I think, um, I wonder if we could pivot a little bit to the, so we talked about buying the thing Mm -hmm. and then we talked about there's the clutter that's already around Mm -hmm. and you're not using it. So how do we, what's the best? So, you know, I think the best thing is if you're going to buy the thing is to either sample it, borrow it, uh, delay or delay the purchase Mm -hmm. and then think through the real utility of it all. But let's say you've already bought it. Yeah. Let's say you didn't have this podcast to help you out. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you didn't have Bridget and Erin to hold your hand through that Poor delay, you. delay sample borrow. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, past you. That's okay. <laughs> now it's in your house. What do we do um, with that? Because you talked a lot about time mm-hmm. and how long we can hold on to things. And I would argue you would probably, if I hold on to something on my wish list for a month, but I don't buy it, if it makes it in my house, the odds are I'm going to hold on to that potentially for forever. Ah, like, There are books in my house. I haven't read them yet on the Brene list uh-huh. that I haven't read yet. I don't have a plan to read them. I will never give them away. Yeah. But, but they're not really bothering me. Actually. I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing is like the books don't make me feel bad about myself. They don't upset me. They don't disrupt my life. They're not, right. they're not, um, they're not placeholders for other things that really need attention in my life. So maybe the books are not a great example, but um, I think the book is a great example though, in a way. Oh, you do? Oh no, I don't want to. (laughs) Well, here, what I was going to say, go for it. The way that it's, it's not the book. It's the, um, it's the other piece. It's the purchasing piece. It's the, the same, same attention that you apply to something coming in. You apply that same attention to something going out. So for you, you know, for some people, this is why they say it's great to switch your, especially if you live in a climate like you do in Canada Mm -hmm. to switch your clothes seasonally, because what you do in that switching of the clothes is you get a time every six months or so to Mm -hmm. to look through all your clothes again, to touch them, to feel them, to rehang them up, to go, wow, what the heck did I buy six months ago? (laughs) Post, post pandemic self bought some really ugly tie dyed sweats that everybody had to have that just are not me. Right. So like, that kind of thing. I think if you can keep yourself, find whatever works for you and keep auditing and intentionally looking at in that same way. So like mm. maybe a review of items, maybe a periodic, cool. I know a person who loves books. I know a person who's going to get a lot of books and keep having books come in. But if I have to think, you know, wow, I can't, there's like finite, they take up a physical amount of space. Yeah. And so, yes, do you keep buying more bookshelves or do you go, well, let me do, let me do an audit periodically Mm -hmm. and go, cool. You know what? I know that book gave me value, but am I ever really going to read it again or look at it again? And I'd rather have someone else enjoy that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing you have to put, you have to have intentionality going in and intentionality going out. Now I have a a tricky loophole that I would Mm -hmm. really love your perspective on. Ah. And so there's the ideal self in my home. Mm-hmm. However, I also have an office and I also have a cottage. Oh. And so sometimes what I do is I will move objects to the office or the cottage because cottage Aaron or office Aaron <laughs> might ideal, sorry, ideal cottage Aaron and ideal office it. Aaron might have a use for them. And so they can leave my home, mm. but they're still taking up space and they're still aspirational. So I would really love to hear what you think about that. That's interesting. So, so you have like these, yeah, because I work from home. So it's interesting. I don't have these like different, and you're a mom too. You have all these different roles and things and spaces where you get to be sort of these different versions of yourself. Oh, right? roles. So, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, this this might not be working in my house for this version of Aaron, but Cottage Aaron for sure is going to read that book. <laughs> because <laughs> she just you know she has time and I have right whatever yeah so I, I think it's then it's again the auditing of each of those spaces mm. then I guess it's the okay let's 
let's put intentionality. And then also like, just, I mean, being really careful about like, okay, if I, if I'm not reading it in this space, am I really going to want to read it when I'm in that space? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. And it's like, I barely have time to go to the bathroom at work. So why would I have time to read a book? Well, exactly. Cause I look at what, yeah, I look at what your life is. I, the Brene Brown did say, I think in, in this recent book, something about her husband had to call her on it. They were going on a trip to Disneyland or Disney world or something. And she, with her kids who were younger at the time, she's like, I'm going to read all these books. I'm going to just like lay by the pool. He's like, who do you think you are? <laughs> He's like, you're going to be at Disneyland every day with these kids. This is not what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Like, let it go. Take yeah. the books out of the suitcase. They're literally physically heavy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was great that she had someone kind of check her on like, mm-hmm. and so I think if you could, if you could have that Jiminy Cricket, you know, of yourself, maybe, <laughs> maybe you have like cottage, you have a conversation with cottage Aaron, like, Hey, cottage Aaron, I've got this book, you know, it didn't work for me here. And then cottage Aaron would go, well, why do you think it would work for me? Mm-hmm. And then you have like a dialogue about that. Well, because, you know, you're more relaxed when you're in the cottage and all those things. And then cottage Jane has to go, no, I'm having so much fun with my kids out in the water doing yeah. all the crazy things, whatever, that I'm not going to have time to read this book here either. So it's thanks true. for asking, but no, right. <laughs> I go to bed at nine o'clock at the cottage there. So yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, ask yeah. your, ask your different versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. Would this really fit in that space or do I just wish it would? Yeah. Okay. I have another loophole for stuff that we own. And I think I actually, personally, I feel like I've kind of worked through this a little bit, but I know you're going to have a lot of really good advice for folks who say, and again, this is about aspiration is okay. So let's say, for example, that I guess we could just stick, we can stick with the books situation is um, I'm a big fan of acknowledging the season of life that I'm in is to say, listen, I work a high intensity job. I'm a working mom. I have three kids under the age of 10. It's a global pandemic and it's the middle of winter. This is the season that I'm in. So I want to embrace that season because the more I embrace that, the more I'm living who I really am, the more I'm setting my life up to support me and the life that I have right now. And I'm not aspiring. I'm really acknowledging the boundaries and limitations of my season. That's a phrasing from Kendra Adachi, who has the Lazy Mm -hmm. Genius podcast. And so if I embrace my season, then I'm going to welcome objects that facilitate that season. Yes. But you know what I'm going to say next? (laughs) The season is going to end. Yeah. And when the season of having young children ends, or when the winter ends, or when my job miraculously gets easier... (laughs) that season's forever. Um, but I'm kidding. I'm sort of kidding. Every season ends and a new season begins. And what if when that new season begins, I need this zoodler when it's, when I have a garden someday and my garden has a bounty of zucchinis, I will need the zoodler. So I shouldn't get rid of it because Mm. the zoodler could serve another season someday. Yep. That's now, I know what I would tell myself, but I'm not going to go there because you're smarter and more expert than I am. <laughs> and I want to hear what you have to say. I want to know what you tell yourself first. That's You what do? I, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing is I have lived a life of abundance and privilege up until this point, And I trust that that will continue. Yes. So if I need a zoodler, there yes. will be another zoodler that will make its way to me in my life. And it's okay for me to not have one right now because I'm not going to use it. Yes. And, and by then there might be a whole new zoodler that's even cooler, that works even better. Right. 
or whatever. A zoodler plus. Zoodles won't be a thing anymore. There'll be zoodles will be expired. I don't know. Zoodles are a great <laughs> example because uh, they represent so much. It's like, oh, no, I'm have a, we explained? No carb pasta. It was like, it's just all water. Like there's no, no calories. You're well, literally eating no calories. I'm going to hope that everyone knows what zoodles are. Just <laughs> right? for a moment, I'm just going to say a zoodle is a zucchini <laughs> noodle. So it's, it's a spiralizer basically of sharp blades that take a zucchini and twist and turn it through the blades to make the zucchini into thin noodles that then get sauteed really quickly and can be eaten with, they hold up enough. They can be eaten with sauce or whatever. And so you don't, um, it's a huge proponent of any of the paleo keto stuff because you're basically substituting the vegetable for noodles. I don't know why I just had this like brief moment of like, what if no, we're saying zoodle so many times (laughs) in this episode. (laughs) I'll try to link link in the show notes. I'll try to link in the show notes. Okay. Let's go back. Let's go back. Sorry. So, so, okay. So you're saying, so you've got a thing in your house, which is this device called the zoodler, which makes the zucchini noodles. They're zucchini noodles. That's hmm. zoodle. Okay. That's that helps. So I can edit that whole part. But you, yeah, you now is not gonna do it. You don't have the time, you don't have the energy, but future you is gonna have this garden with zucchinis. And so of course that will fit into future you, and you'll save that in this category for future me will be this person. I think that's you know, that that is the aspirational clutter. That's the like you're literally holding space in your brain for some version. That's not you. Yeah. Why? Like all it does is takes you away from the present. And then all it does also is like, when am I going to get to that version of me that gets to make zoodles? Yeah. Like you're going to feel like something's wrong. The actual physical tool of the zoodler is a living reminder of, Oh, here's that thing. I'm still not able to do yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it has no place in your life. That's mm-hmm. the key. And again, like you said, you have privilege and the ability to access and acquire the item later on. Yes, that is a big part of it too. And that is also a reason. Socioeconomics is a reason people do keep things because mm. it, you know, I might not have be able to get this again. Like I, I get that mentality as well. And yeah, where yeah, that yeah. So yeah, not to oversimplify that, but seriously, if it's if it's some version of yourself that you, cause who knows when you get to that place, you might want to have someone make all your food for you. <laughs> like you might, you might be in a whole different season of your life that you didn't even expect, you know? And I think that's oh, I the, should that be aspiring I, to personal chef season, right? Like that, <laughs> but that's the key is like, you're in this season of your life. How do you, how do you plan for the next season of your life when you, it, it's real hard to know what that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a pandemic. You know, right. Like for a, so for example, we lived in a travel trailer for five years. We've just stopped doing that recently. And what did we do? We got rid of everything we owned when we moved into the trailer because why we thought, are we going to spend money to store this couch? None of it, you know, nothing was, we didn't have an attachment to our items. There was a couple items we sent back home that were like family heirlooms and things, but it was like, yeah, I'm not attached to any of these things. So let's just get rid of everything our life is what's in the trailer. We knew we were going to be doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing we weren't, it wasn't just temporary. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, for that sense, it was like, okay, cool. This is what we're doing with our life. And then when we go to do the next thing, then we can plan that versus, oh, but you know, let me make sure I have these chairs for some apartment that I don't even have yet. Yeah. 
which is what people tend to do sometimes. Mm. Um, they know they're moving and they buy stuff before they've even moved. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. does that stuff fit in the new place? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People get uncomfortable with empty walls and, you know, it's like, let the wall be, I mean, I've got a wall hanging here now, but, um, you know, it's like, let, let the wall be empty, you know, don't go, oh my gosh, I'm going to have this house. That's completely empty when you move to a bigger house or something mm -hmm. or a different house or, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, let the space be empty and let it get filled as, as you're in that season, you can wait till you're in the season. You know, if you know, the season is coming soon, you can prepare for it. But like yours is a very, this example is a very, like, I have no idea when that season will be. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. <laughs> like, so I guess that the question then is, let's talk a little bit more practically about some of the things that really actually are sneaky aspirations. Mm. They're not aspirations in the way that like, I'm a gardener and my backyard has a ton of zucchini and I need a zoodler. That to me is like capital I, capital A aspiration. Yeah. There are some small things and I'm going to hazard that this also pertains to a little bit of what I'm going to call like Gen X millennial environmental education, mm -hmm. which is about reduce, reuse, recycle, avoiding waste and, mm -hmm. and everything has a purpose or else it goes to the landfill. Because I think there is a real like sense of heavy heartedness when I walk around my house and there are some things that I really would have to expend effort in order to resell, repurpose, reuse, recycle or trash. I had sent you a reel, which was tongue in cheek about adults and how adults create space in their homes for some very unusual things. Mm -hmm. And some of those things are actually garbage. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the five things that I remember being on that list is like plastic grocery bags, boxes, gift boxes, and or small boxes, gift bags, uh, and the hoarding of gift bags and unidentified cords. I think we're all on there and is like, you know, you're really an adult when you have a stash of these items in your home. Mm -hmm. And I sent it to you and I said, yeah. I have all of these items. And you said, <laughs> it's time to throw them all away. And that my first instinct was, but then they'll be in the landfill. Yes. Because I guess aspiration, what I'm aspiring to is to not be a person who contributes unnecessary trash into yeah. the world. But what I'm doing instead of that is I'm just keeping it in my home. Yes. So here's the thing is that as I'm dealing with, I have two parents in one in assisted living, one in a nursing home temporarily right now. Mm -hmm. And so I've been dealing with a lot of their physical items. Sure. It will always go in the landfill eventually anyway, most likely. Mm. But that's the thing you have to think of Yeah. in the future for your children, whatever. Yeah. So the key is about the acquisition Again, mm. I never have paper plastic bag clutter. Why? Because I always take reusable bags. Mm -hmm. If I don't, like I went to write it the other day, I had a plastic bag. I read it. It looked, I, I literally read what was on the bag. It said, cause I, I realized I'm like, I hadn't gotten a bag in a while. They did outlaw plastic bags here at one point. And I'm mm -hmm. not sure why they're back in the fold again, but this is some new version of a plastic bag that says this is intended to be used 120 times. I was like, I don't know how they came up with this number. 120 wow. times. So it's like a heavier mm -hmm. reusable, but it says also you can bring it back to the store and they recycle it. Now, I don't know if that really happens. I haven't looked into the next phase of that. But in my, in my head, I'm like, so what I would do is I would actually take it back there and I'd put it away. I'm not just going to, mm. but it's also not going to meet. I'm not going to go, 
cool, I can use this for 120 uses. And so, yeah, yeah. so it's not letting the plastic bag come in the house. That's one, the gift bag thing, mm-hmm. but you can maybe create a practice of putting them in reusable items that can be regifted. I mean, yeah, it, I think it's good if you get a gift bag, it is, it is okay. And you know, you're a person that gives gift and gift bags. I think it's okay to keep those. But mm-hmm. if you're just like, oh, cute. If it's not, if you wouldn't look at this and go, would I be proud to regift this same style to another friend? Or is this not really representative of me or that yeah. kind of thing that it's like, yeah, okay. Maybe you can, maybe you can find some other way to sort of reuse it. Uh, for example, we have this tree with all these huge oranges. And so you could get a, take a bag of oranges and drop it on your neighbor's do it like a run and whatever, <laughs> drop them oranges and run kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something like that. You know, that there's five ways you can find to use these bags. Maybe what was the other one? It was the bags, the, the boxes, boxes. The I'm, boxes, I'm yeah. ruthless with a box. I, I recycle. I'm like, I, I probably have a couple boxes only as a holdover of the Marie Kondo wave where yeah. she really encouraged using small boxes and drawers to corral items. Yeah, I am. Um, that's what I'm a fan of. Yeah, I'm a fan of like, <laughs> think about where I could use this in my house versus buying a new thing. Mm-hmm. So many times with my clients when I was organizing, they go, oh, I just bought a bunch of organizers so we can go, we can get started. Get, I'm like, you probably don't need those because we're probably going to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And you might have already things in your house used in some other way that we're mm-hmm. now going to put your socks in and your underwear in and whatever. Great. Take those gift boxes and look, my underwear now have a home, whatever in this new, you know, like you you can do creative things. I organizing makeup. It's great. Those little Mm -hmm. boxes and things like that. So I think fine. If you can't find a way to use it in your home, if you can't do something like just assess it that same way go, is there, am I actually going to do something with this? If you know, you're a person that gives out gifts and you like, great, I don't have to go buy something new. This is a great reuse of this, then perfect. Mm -hmm. But I think it's that, you know, I said it jokingly too. It's like, get rid of all that crap, right? But it's like, know yourself. If that's something that you like to do that gives you value that you enjoy. But again, like that's, I've gotten myself into a place. I don't acquire items like that. I don't give out gifts that way. I give Mm -hmm. digital gifts or or Mm -hmm. experiences Mm -hmm. or things like that, that don't require a gift bag. Um, Yeah. I think it's just deciding what's important to you. That's, that's the key to all this. I think I will say is there is a caveat, which is the individual assessment of the item comes at, let's say it comes up positive. It comes up in the keep pile and you can think of a lot of good reasons as to why you're going to keep your, your new phone box. Your new phone probably came in a box. The boxes for phones are unique shapes. They're unique size they might feel like they're worth keeping. The issue that I have and I see come up with my um, generational counterparts is that what happens very quickly is I'm thinking of the phrase economy of scale, but essentially, which is that on the individual assessment, you come up in the keep pile, but there's one key question, which is, do I have this already? Do I Mm -hmm. already have a phone box in Mm -hmm. my box drawer that's waiting for use. Because if I do, I shouldn't add this box to the other friends of boxes. And that's where I really struggle with things like gift bags is so at the end of Christmas, you know, I have three kids. We, we do give a lot of gifts at Christmas time. There's a lot of gifts that come into the home. Many of them are in bags. And so I might end up with enough bags to last me longer than I need to. And in fact, I have a holdover of bags from the last 15 years being married 
that really actually don't warrant me keeping the bags. But because I'm in the habit of, I've gotten really good at doing that assessment really quickly. I say, oh, gift bags are good. We always, we're great at reusing gift bags. And that's true. But I already have a lot of gift bags. And then it becomes hard to say, you know, okay, more is more. Like you're just going to go in the gift bag area of our home. Yeah. And there's going to be at some point that's overflowing and busting wide open. And what am I going to do with it then? I don't know. But I think the challenge comes with keeping one thing once and mm-hmm. then keeping 20 of that thing. <laughs> that's interesting. Cause you're like, okay, I'm a person who saves these things. I don't right. want to wait. This is a right. cool thing. The phone box was a great example because also they, you know, they say, you don't, those are recyclable too, but it's like, you don't have to keep the phone box. Why do people keep the phone box? They think they need the phone box because in case they're going to return the phone. No, they don't want your phone box back when you have to something wrong with your phone. They give you like a new thing to ship it in. It doesn't even go in that box. So the illusion that that box is what you bring it back to the dealer or the store in, it's not, does that doesn't actually happen. So you don't need it for that. If you're not going to use it for something, I think that's the other thing. Can I use this for something right now? Can I find a use for this? No. Okay. Do I think I'll have a use for this later? Again, you could ask maybe office, maybe ask one of your role, your other roles, like, Oh, maybe office Aaron has a use for this. Let me ask her. Right. And you're like, Oh, I've been looking for that for my erase store, my pens or my erasers or something in this box. Like yeah. perfect. Right. Yeah. 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 So somebody else, you know, might, might benefit from it. Your mm-hmm. one of your kids might go, Oh, this is the coolest thing I can turn into a car, whatever. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. I mean, that's a cool thing you, you get to do because you have kids. Like how, how much, how many kids love a cardboard box? They take a cardboard box and they turn it into a car, like a house, or they poke a hole in it and they make a little dungeon, whatever. I mean, it's like, they can get creative with something that we think is junk too. So that's mm-hmm, another, mm-hmm. another thing that you have that you can use. So, mm-hmm. but again, you could be saving a bunch of boxes for something your kid doesn't want to have anything to do with. That's right. That's right. So don't, don't do it if that's the truth, but if it's like, oh, wow, let me ask my kid or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I do have a tiny hack for those things that accumulate quickly and you could never possibly use them all up. I think gift bags are the one thing that I think I'm thinking I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks. And I don't think enough people make use of this, but I am going to post my gift bag collection to the local Facebook free no buy page Mm -hmm. and just say, here are 30 relative like reasonable condition that I would be happy to put a gift in bags please come pick them up they're hanging off my porch first come first serve and that has helped me divert the guilt of potentially like even recycling a gift bag is hard to know because some of them are shiny and you're not sure like did the ribbon I don't know whatever and that has been a way I've done that with things like craft supplies I've done that with even like um I had this, this huge bag of old t-shirts that I was like, oh, these are rags. These are great. And I was like, I do not think I could clean my house enough to use all of these old t-shirts. <laughs> I posted them on Facebook. They were gone in two hours. And so I'm not sure if they're going to someone else's aspirational clutter, but it yeah. does make me feel like I've alleviated or re- diverted at least a little bit from the landfill in some way now, yeah. medium effort, because Sometimes I'm like, I don't have time to post that gift bag, meet your 120 friends, join the gift bag pile. Yeah. Well, Um, the hard thing, like I I was organizing someone's gift bag that when you start getting a lot, they do get ruined. Like they start getting, that's a good point. And then they get, they start to crinkle crinkle each other. You wouldn't re-gift anything in it and go, wait a minute. I just, you know, so I think it's, I think it's also the auditing, the, that same piece, the, 
every time you go to give gifts. So let's take a review through what we've got. Let me pull everything, pull everything out of there and relook at everything and go, wow, this one got bent somehow. This is no good for anybody too bad. You know, this one, oh, these are like five gift bags that are for, I don't know, something that's not me again, I wouldn't re-gift. So do that. I love doing that Facebook idea. That's an amazing, amazing way to do that. Or thinking of, again, like I said, is there some way you can use it? Is there all the zucchinis in your garden can go in those bags. <laughs> There's another aspiration. Now I have to keep them because, because someday I'm going to grow a lot of zucchinis. And I'm going to have to give have them. To have a festival. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> all right. Bridget, I think that we have hopefully given people the permission that they need to align their lives with their true selves and to say the self that I am deserves the things that will be used and will not cause shame or guilt when you run into them in your home. You know, if you, if you're always moving the zoodler out of the way, but you feel bad that you haven't used it every time you move it out of the way to get the thing that you really need, then I hope you can gain a sense of permission from Bridget and I to pass the zoodler on, drop it off at your local Goodwill and allow your home to be filled with or not filled with to contain (laughs) to contain the items that are useful to the season of life that you're in. Because in all honesty, the the fact of the matter is is that everybody is worthy of whatever they need to live the life that they have right now. And one of the other things, which I don't think we'll get a chance to touch on in this episode, is that a lot of the time our homes are filled with things that we don't need, but sometimes they're also not filled with the things that we do need because Mm. we have been over-invested in the objects that manifest our ideal selves, not the objects that support who we are and the, and the point of life that we're in right now. Yes. And so, you know, um, there's a lot of practical ways to do that. And we hope that you've had a couple of, uh, of tangible suggestions through this episode. Bridget, if people want to find you, where should they connect with you? Well, my website is BridgetBakerMojo.com. And then my Instagram now, I've literally, it's hilarious. I've just changed my Instagram handle, Bridget Baker Minimalist Mojo. So that's my, my Instagram. That's great. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at medium.lady over there. I would love it. If you love this episode, if you would share it, share it with somebody. You just had a conversation about decluttering. You just had a conversation about home and lifestyle. If you're, you know, really curious about talking about the ideal self or your actual self with people and share this episode with them as a way to uh, gain connection, get the conversation started in your own life. Um, I love to ask if you have time to invest the medium effort to rate and review this podcast, wherever you're listening, that would be great. That always helps us find like-minded listeners and continue to grow the podcast in season two for 2022. Bridget, I'm so, so grateful for your time today. I think that we could have continued to talk for another hour about this. I think I will put a plug for our next episode together to be about digital clutter because you alluded to digital clutter and I think my mind kind of exploded a little bit. I have a bit of digital clutter in my life and I'm sure we could really get into that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for being on the show and I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll see you all again soon. Take good care. Bye.